Welcome in to another edition of Region Roundup. I'm James Boyd here with Mike Clark after a week, two-week layoff. I'm sorry, folks. We missed it last week. But because of that, we do have a lot of uh, breaking news, Mike. Um, I know it's been a busy week for you and me. So let's start off with um, what you were up to uh, shortly, you know, a little while ago this week with some pretty big news coming to Crown Point. Yes, uh, Crown Point has a new football coach replacing Kevin Enright, who uh, parted ways with the program after nine seasons, three sectional titles. The Bulldogs have hired Craig Bazia, um, which is a tremendous hire. Um, and we know that DAC football is uh, highest level football in our area. Some of the highest level football played in Indiana. Um, you know, we've known what's been going on in recent years with Valparaiso, Merrillville, um, you know, Chesterton, you know, we all know as a great quarterback and Chris Mullen, Michigan City has been consistently solid. Laporte is actually looking for a football coach right now. Uh, Jeremy Lowry resigned. Uh, Lake Central uh, recently hired a coach. Um, and, you know, I kind of look at the DAC is kind of like a, a power five conference on a high school level for <laughs> us, you know, basically, um, you know, it's big schools, uh, big fan bases, high expectations. And, uh, anyway, getting back to crown point, um, yesterday as we're speaking, well, actually two days ago as we're speaking today, we're recording this on Wednesday on Monday night, uh, crown point hired Craig Bazia, who is a Griffith grad coached at Portage, uh, for 13 seasons, I believe, 13 or 14. It's in my story. Uh, go check it out. Uh, coach of Michigan City for three years and then went to Homewood Flossmore where he has uh, won 94 games in 10 years, uh, 10 straight trips to the Illinois State Playoffs. In Illinois, you have to qualify. It's not automatic like it is in Indiana. Uh, finished second in the state in Class 8A, which is the biggest class in Illinois in 2014. Went to the semis another time, went to the quarters four more times. So six times in 10 years, got at least to the final eight. And uh, Craig is uh, just one of the most respected football coaches uh, in two states, really. He's uh, tremendously respected on the Illinois side with what he's done at HF. And, uh, you know, he's a region guy at heart. Again, uh, grew up in Griffith. Um, coached at Portage during Portage's glory years. Yeah, took him to um, State. Took him to the yeah, finishing second one year at State. Um, and he's just a guy, uh, he's a really creative offensive mind. So um, Crown Point fans, you're going to be excited to see what he does on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, just a great hire. Um and he overcame leukemia, acute leukemia, as a matter of fact. Uh, so the last time, because Illinois did not play a fall season, the last time he actually coached was in the fall of 2019. And right after uh, they got knocked out of the playoffs that year, um, he went into the hospital, and there was uh, a lot of uh, trying to figure out what was going on. I thought it might have been meningitis. Um, they could not figure it out until they finally realized he had acute leukemia, um, he had a, a really tough time. Um, he put on 70 pounds uh, with water weight, uh, then wound up losing most of it. 
and uh, he beat it uh, with 24-7 chemotherapy uh, for a period, uh, which obviously you know, knocked him down, but not out. Um, and then he also uh, later underwent uh, stem cell replacement. Um, you know, the leukemia, the cancer was in remission, but um, the best way to keep it that way was to have the stem cell uh, procedure and because there was no football to coach with Illinois being down because of the pandemic, that made it an easier call. I think he probably would have done it anyway, but um, again, he was, uh, he's back feeling healthy, feeling great now. And he told me when I talked to him the other night uh, that he would not have taken this job if he did not feel like he was physically capable of doing it. Um, He was set to retire this year as a teacher in Illinois and regardless, um, before all, uh, before uh, COVID happened, before his uh, leukemia diagnosis happened, it targeted this year for that. So it was going to be kind of a crossroads time for him, whether he was going to uh, stay at HF and possibly coach without a teaching position. And there are some districts um, that prefer not to have non-staff coaches, um, especially head coaches and and high-profile sports, so that hadn't really got to that discussion yet. There was a possibility, um, possibility of you know staying on staff there as an assistant, going somewhere else as an assistant. But the Crown Point job opened up, and he told me that this is the one job in Northwest Indiana that he really wanted because he thought it was just a tremendous opportunity. Um, the facilities, obviously. You know, a relatively new high school. Um, he mentioned the turf fields for their feeder programs, the dome. Uh, also, a very engaged sports community. Um, you know, a lot of athletes at Crown Point. Obviously, you know, the baseball program is uh, one of the best in Northwest Indiana, one of the best in the state, actually. There's Steve Strayer. Uh, boys basketball is having a great season this year under Clint Swan. And just a lot, you know, track cross country you know there's a lot of athletes in that school and it's only going to get bigger uh, he said the projections that they told him is that they expect crown point to be at 3500 kids um you know in the not too distant future so again a bigger pool of athletes to choose from he thinks it's a great job and uh, i think it's a great hire so yeah and you also you also uh have another update on another DAC school that just hired a coach. Yeah, it's pretty cool that they uh, had. He has an um, you know Illinois connection as well. Uh, the new Lake Central coach, if you've been under a rock, is Rick Good. Um, good decision, some would say. Ha ha ha! But um, he's a, a really good coach from, from around this area. Um, has a great reputation around the region, especially in recent years. He led Calumet to their first ever sectional championship in football last fall. Um, and basically ended his, his four-year tenure there on a high note. Um, I will say that this was probably the best graduating class is going to come through there for a couple of years. So he may have seen like, hey, you know, uh, this opportunity opened up. I just finished something off really well with these guys. Um, let me see what I can do. He said that his goal is to coach at the highest level. And like you've already alluded to, the DAC is the highest level of football in the region. So um, Rick Good is the guy at Lake Central now. Um, replacing Tony Bartomeo, hope I'm saying that right. Um, and he uh, basically comes into a program that has not won 
Um, and, and, and probably for the last five or six years, they've been they've been pretty down. Um, I do think that Craig is stepping into a better situation at Crown Point simply because Crown Point is in pretty respectable. Even this past year, they weren't um, at the bottom of the DAC like Lake Central was. Lake Central did not win a DAC game. Um, and the only thing they beat this year was Munster. So um, he's going to really have to build that program, I believe, from the ground up, Mike. I think that there's going to have to be a lot of work done from the Pop Warner to the middle school to the high school JV to varsity programs, just that pipeline in general, just because um, from what I understand, it hasn't really been there. I mean, they have a school, I believe, with 5,000 kids, the most kids probably in the region, I believe, in any school in the region. And, um, you know, like you said about Crown Point, they're good in, in boys soccer. They're good in, in, in um, basketball, pretty, pretty respectable in basketball. Um, great in baseball, but f- football is just that one sport that has never really been that good in recent years. So, um, I think it's a great hire for them. Um, I'm excited to see what he's going to do. Um, I was at his presser, Mike, and, uh, right after the school board meeting last week, at least it was last Tuesday. And, um, those parents at Lake Central, man, they have, uh, they had some questions for him and they were not scared to ask. They were asking them questions like, What's a realistic like total of wins for this upcoming season? And you know, I heard that we don't even have a tackling sled. So can you figure that out? And you know, you know and it's it's interesting too because uh, one thing that that has been true in the not too distant past is Lake Central's facilities were not good, mm-hmm. um, and uh, their facilities are better now. But that was always one of the issues. Um, they haven't really. They haven't really been a consistent winner in football for quite a while. And uh, facilities are a huge part of it, you know, and especially, you know, that district in particular um, will lose kids to Andrean. It will lose kids to Marion Catholic in Illinois um, because both of those, uh, you know, private schools are not too far away. Andrean obviously has a great football program under Chris Skinner. Um, Marion Catholic is building up its football program under. Eric Middleton. So, you know, there's a lot of athletes in the Lake Central District. Um, some of the football players, though, may not have been as attracted to the program as they may have been to some other, uh, you know, private school programs that they may have pursued to be a little bit better. But, you know, Rick, interestingly enough, of course, is a Mount Carmel grad. So he comes from a private school background himself. And he understands the levels of excellence that are needed. And, you know, I mean, one of the things that, you know, can make you stand out a little bit in the DAC is, uh, you know, I, I think Rick's energy is a good fit because it's going to take some selling, honestly, you know, to get the kids back involved, uh, excited about the program. And he certainly proved that at Calumet that he was able to, to generate that energy, you know, to get the kids involved, because let's not forget what happened to them this past season. I mean, it looked like they weren't going to have a season, right? You know, and, and it wound up being the greatest season in terms of postseason success in the program history. So, you know, a lot of kids would have tuned out uh, at some point when it looked like, you know, two, three, four weeks in, we're not going to have a season. But he kept the kids engaged and kept them together. And uh, did a tremendous job 
of winning that sectional, um, you know, because, uh, and that's what it's going to take at LC. It's going to take somebody with a lot, with, with some vision and some energy to get them back up. And I mean, you know, I, I hope that folks are realistic. I mean, it's not going to happen in 2021 necessarily. I mean, it may, I suppose, but you know, that's, that's probably not a realistic expectation. Football is a sport that it takes a while to kind of turn that, you know, ocean liner around. It's, it's, it's a it's a building process. And like you mentioned, you know, it's a great point. You know, you need to coordinate with uh, the youth programs and you need to, the best, the best programs, high school programs are programs where, there is good coordination with the youth programs where the high school kids and the high school coaches, you know, go out, see games, um, you know, run clinics. Um, and also you need to be running the same offense. You know, you need to be teaching the kids the concepts when they're in sixth, seventh and eighth grade. So when they get to high school, they understand the concepts of the offense and they can just plug right into the system. So um, my guess is that Rick will, you know, look at a lot of those things and i know that craig bazia is going to do the same thing at crown point yeah i'm excited um i kind of you know i don't want to wish the football season right back upon us um, <laughs> but you know in that same breath um i kind of do because over on the other, other side of the border which i'm you're more familiar with than me mike um you know there was some I would say for a lot of people there was a uh, a deep sigh of relief you know, uh, within this past week, and especially today, just because of the update that was given about high school sports. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. Uh, it's exciting. Uh, after, as I said, not having a high school football season in the fall, and as of this date, there has not been high school basketball in Illinois. Um, but last week, uh, Governor Pritzker and the Illinois Department of Public Health uh, leader uh, both basically said, uh, you know, Illinois is making a lot of progress on uh, COVID numbers. Uh, they're coming way down. And uh, in, in a lot of areas, you know, indoor dining's coming back and, you know, a few other things ancillary to, uh, to the progress. But high school sports are coming back. Uh, high school basketball will start essentially immediately um, as soon as uh, – Teams get their required practices in. They'll be able to start playing right away. High school football is coming back at the beginning of March for practice, uh, March 19th to April 24th, six-week season for high school football in Illinois. Folks are ecstatic about that, um, especially uh, you know the seniors who thought that they wouldn't have a season, uh, the juniors who want a chance to showcase their skills, I get some film for college recruiting. Um, it's, you know, been a long, cold winter <laughs> in <laughs> Illinois and a, a long, tough fall as well. Um, you know, Illinois, like Indiana, also canceled spring sports. So except for the few low-risk fall sports that were held, I mean, we have had very little sports on the Illinois side since uh, last March basically so the 10 months of the pandemic has uh, really wreaked havoc on uh, sports in Illinois but they are coming back and uh, everybody's excited about that and as you mentioned uh, uniquely Craig Bazia will be coaching uh, two sports or two two high school football seasons rather uh, he'll be coaching a 
shortened season at HF. Um, assuming this, this assumes that the numbers stay low and we move into what is called uh, phase four. Um, it looks like it's trending that way. Should be there hopefully fairly pretty soon. Um, a lot of the downstate counties are already in phase four, so they will be starting uh, up right away. But yeah, Craig could be coaching six games in Illinois, and then uh, you know, uh, I guess what a minimum of ten games in Indiana mm-hmm. uh, this fall with uh, the nine-game regular season and at least one sectional game. So uh, it could be a long year for him. You know, it goes straight through from March till. You know, whatever crowd point season would end, but he's excited about it, like I said, and, uh, and certainly everybody's excited about it on the Illinois side. But, uh, and again, one of the key points of having sports back is to allow kids to uh, make their case for college athletes or for college recruiters, rather. And you have some updates on that. Yeah, so I put out a notebook yesterday that really could have been. <laughs> Probably three standalone stories. Um, I feel like I get myself in these predicaments where I'm thinking something's going to be really quick. And then um, luckily more people respond than I than I thought. So um, the biggest news, I think, is definitely um, uh, Maryville wide receiver Armani Glass, 5'7", 155 pounds. Um, he got a Division One scholarship offer from Army. His first one, and he played... Five games this past season, um, and I mean, he only had two receiving touchdowns before he tore his left ACL. So this is a guy coming off a major knee injury who still was able to land a Division One scholarship offer from a well-respected program. Obviously, any of the um, you know uh, uh, armed forces schools are, are are usually pretty prestigious as far as the academically, which have you to get in, and just character-wise, and then. You know, uh, three. I mean, this is a, this guy's undersized. Like he's super undersized. Um, and if you see him just like walking, you'll think there's no way this guy is a Division One athlete. But I mean, when he's healthy, Mike, the kid is dynamic. Um, I did get worried when he got hurt early in the year, and I thought I honestly thought like, hey, this is this is a guy kid who has this potential to play at the highest level. Might not get that chance because he just. I don't, I didn't I personally thought he just hadn't done enough, but he told me he had been in contact with Army um early in his senior season, got hurt, kinda went away, and they picked it back up recently and they offered him. So I'm really happy for that kid just because um I've met Armani personally, have interviewed him multiple times. Um been here in the region going on about two and a half years now. And I've interviewed he's one of those guys I interviewed early on in my in my career, starting in the region. So I've known him for a couple of years, and he's very high character, um, very good student, and a very, very explosive athlete when he's healthy. So, um, yeah, I just can't even picture him being out there at the, at the Division One level, but I'm excited for it because, um, you know, I'm assuming he, you know, reels in some other Division One offers, or even if he doesn't, he has one for a full ride. And obviously, if that's the only one he gets, that's probably where he'll be going. So um, that's exciting news for him. Got some other Melville guys who got offers. Um, Theodore, Theodore Sparks, their left tackle, got an offer from Ball State. He just won the MAC championship in the Arizona Bowl. And then um, their running back, Lavarion Tank Logan, um, had picked up two offers from Illinois State and Indiana State. So those were like the, the football recruiting updates that I, that I had. And then um, as far as uh, some of the spring sports, 
We had a baseball player from Chesterton, Ryan Donnelly, junior pitcher, lefty. He um, has committed to Oakland University, which is the um, former university of Mike Brasso, the, uh, you know, uh, region, I guess, legend now. He's played in the World Series. And um, we had Michaela Kreisbaum from Lake Central, um, softball player. She's headed to Eastern Illinois. And then um, lastly, rounding out my, my, my notebook was Courtney Blakely from Bishop Knoll, who I've written about so much and I'll probably write about again as she continues to embark on this incredible senior season. She picked up two more offers from uh, uh, mid-majors. She got one from Stetson and then also Middle Tennessee State. So now she has three Division One offers. Her other one was Indiana State. So, uh, yeah, Mike, I know I said a mouthful right there, but it was a lot. I mean, I tried to hit all the major things that I saw within the last couple of months. And just looking at our numbers, man, people really love recruiting stories. I feel like I can just put, like, recruiting and a picture of any random athlete and, then like, it'll get a click. Just because everyone wants to know where they're going. And I tried to inform everyone, as best of my knowledge, of what's going on. And, yeah, it was fun to kind of do that. And, and wow. obviously just to get that excitement going and let people know that there are some really good athletes here in the region. Yeah, and, uh, you know, a couple of things. Uh, number one, Army is not only uh, a prestigious uh, place to go, but uh, their football program is really good. Yeah. Um, and interestingly enough, um, their uh, coach, Ted Munkin, is a uh, Illinois native. Um, so they recruit the Midwest quite a bit. Um, and they play a pretty exciting brand of football, too. Them and Navy both, actually. Navy was a little bit down this year, but uh, they both play kind of wide-open football, a lot of fun to watch. Um, also, uh, you know, regarding recruiting, uh, that's actually, that's so true. I mean, I've seen that, um, you know, in the stories that I've written. Um, you know, those stories just uh, really resonate with fans. And, uh, you know, I mean, part of it is it's like for the some of the bigger athletes, um there's people all over the country that had set up uh, Google Alerts on these people. And uh, certainly, you know, one of the people we'll be following very closely, obviously, uh, we haven't actually talked about for a couple of weeks, is Jalen Washington. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, his his recruiting is, is still out there. He's playing, uh, which is great. And he's um, playing and well for those of you who are, I, I guess, uh, who've been under a rock. <laughs> we've, we've covered a couple <laughs> of his games recently. He's coming along nicely. He isn't putting up. Huge numbers, Mike, but he is playing well, and he's showing that, given the minutes, he's probably going to get you a double-double on, on, on pretty much every given night. Um, got a sweet stroke, and, and, and everyone just stay patient. He's still not, from what I understand, he's not like just given that, that, that free reign to just do whatever and play however many minutes. They still want to be cautious, but he's playing more minutes. He's playing better overall, and um, now it's just a question of, can Westside as a team figure it out to hopefully make a, not hopefully, but potentially make a run, you know, in the postseason. And let's uh, switch to a little bit of basketball talk now. Um, And you were, you made the long trek out to Porter County. um, I did. Twice, back-to-back nights last week. So uh, for the PCC tournament, the girls tournament on Friday night, girls tournament final on Friday night, boys tournament final on Saturday night, and uh, you saw some interesting basketball there. Yeah, it was uh, it was fun. I, I had an option to go there or not, um, or to quote-unquote pick a better game, but to me, I try to get out to schools I haven't seen. It's pretty much everywhere in the region. 
since um you know since, since we've had some changes there hasn't been uh a designated like porter county reporter so um I, I definitely did not mind making the trek out there to see some of the pcc folks um i had seen um Couch boys they they won the pcc boys title on saturday over boone grove pretty easily um their third straight pcc title um but i had seen them a couple of times this year um i saw them against andran and um so i knew what to kind of expect from them um i hadn't seen um the south central girls who won the the girls tournament on friday night they took down the Couch girls um i had talked to um the south central one of their players olivia marks for one of my notebooks um, earlier this year, and she ended up being uh, basically the player of the game. Um, got him going, and Mike, <laughs> it was so loud at South Central, like so loud. Um, I remember last year they had the PCC tournament championships at uh, Hebron, and you know it's a bigger gym, and you know I just remember even though it was a really big gym, it was packed full of you know um, just the dedicated Porter County. Um, favorites and, and, and alums and everyone you could think of, kids, whatever. Every generation was there, and it was so loud. And I was going to this week, I mean, last week I was going to this year's PCC tournament title games, and I'm thinking, okay, like, it'll be a little milder. But, man, that girls' game was loud, like, super loud. <laughs> Granted, South Central is a smaller gym, so you don't have to, like, um, I guess, you know, have as many fans to, to make it loud, but – Man, it was it was deafening. Seriously, like it was. They had um, even had like little sections um, with signs and things like that, which I thought was awesome. Um, it was a lot of fun. It was it was a good game. That girls' game was actually really good. Um, it was back and forth until about until about maybe midway through the fourth quarter. Um, South Central kind of pulled away, which was I guess expected. They are um, they were coming in. I, I would think as the favorite. Um, but yeah, it, it was a fun game. I, I enjoy that those type of things. And people are like, "Man, you could have gone and seen, you know, West Side or 21st Century or any, you know, somebody else." And I was telling them like, you know, to me, it's it's cool to get out to see those things just because. Is it the same level of basketball? No. Is it a 4A program? No. But um, you can tell it means a lot to that community and lots of those players. And anytime there's a championship on the line. I'd like to be there. Um, had the honor of passing out the trophies both nights, um, so that was that was nice. I had, I kind of forgot that uh, we sponsored the gold ball trophy, which was retired um, because South Central won it for their third time in in in, in recent years. And then, like I said, Cal's boy three peated. And once you the way the turn the way the trophy goes, if you get your name on a trophy three times by winning the tournament, whether it's three times in a row, three times three times in five years, whatever. Um, you retire that trophy and then the Times has to buy a new one. So we'll be putting up two trophies for next year's tournament and starting that process all over again. But it was fun. Um, yeah, that was that was a good experience for me and just kind of maybe miss how the PCC um, was the first time I experienced it, what people have told me it's been. So I'm really hoping that next year, you know, we can get back to some of that normal PCC craziness. But for what it's worth, I thought it was pretty... Um, Pretty spot on for what you'd expect from just some small school, um, you know, teams duking it out for for bragging rights and, and some diehard fans. So that was fun, right? And uh, so that's kind of the uh, the good news, bad news, um, the good news part of the good news, bad news equation for basketball. Um, and we have some unfortunate news too. Some 
some COVID news as happened uh, during the fall. We had a few teams that could not compete in the postseason. We already have two teams, uh, two girls basketball teams that will not be able to compete in the postseason either. Uh, that is River Forest and Whiting. And, uh, you know, we'll see if there's any others that join that list. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's unfortunate. Obviously, we do this as a possibility. Uh, the HSAA set it up that way that there would be no postponements for postseason games. You know, you... If you can play, you play. If you can't play, well, then you're out. So that's where we're at with those. Yeah, it's tough. Um, you know, I had just written about River Forest, I believe, last week. Um, they're a very young team. So the, I guess the one positive about their program is that um, I believe all their players are coming back. Um, so they're going to be able to um, regroup. And, uh, you know, they actually won more games this year, even though they can't you know, finish out the year properly. Then last year, they won five games last year. They won eight this year, had won four straight games, and then they get the news that they would have to quarantine, and, and, and that takes them out of the tournament. So that was tough. Um, I actually followed up with Whiting because of John Harrell, who uh, always gets the scoop um, before me. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, I, I do my due diligence, Mike, to, to, to tweet out as many scores as I have whenever he needs them. Um, because I'm on his website um, literally every day. And it's funny, I'm sitting here right now with my laptop open and I have two John Harrell tabs open. Um, so I'm always, you know, checking in with him. But yeah, I mean, like you said, this is the reality of, of competing. And um, even going back to how Illinois sports is starting up, that's going to be their reality too. You know what I mean? Like, it's not, I think people kind of, and I'll give them the, the right to be happy and excited. Because, you know, we did not think Illinois sports were going to happen at one point. Seriously, at least I didn't think so. Um, but now that you, you know, make that call, there are going to be instances where you're not able to compete or you have a, a, an interruption. And even now, um, moving on to, I guess, the rest of our COVID update, we had uh, another boys basketball team pause, which was Highland, um, which is the 25th out of 44 boys teams. Um, we've had 32 out of 43 girls teams, but as far as Highland boys, um, they're out for, for um, the next two weeks because of COVID-19. And when they come back, Mike, they will play nine games in 11 days to finish out the regular season um, because they were able to reschedule all of their games. And now looking at even like the Andrean boys basketball schedule, they're on hold right now. When they come back, they'll be doing a similar thing where they're just playing game after game after game and going straight into the postseason. So, um, it's pretty wild. I, I, I was like, wow, like nine games in 11 days is not even like a, an NBA schedule, honestly. Um, you know, cause I, I don't think in the NBA you, you play more than two or three games in a row. Um, you might, you might do four games in five nights and, and, and that's kind of what the, these, uh, these teams are doing. So, um, the Highland AD told me it'll be fast and furious and, um, I'm just hoping that they can, you know, be healthy. I actually wrote about them again last week as well. And um, one of their players talked to me about how they hadn't had a COVID-19 interruption. And um, hopefully I didn't jinx them. But all this aside, I'm hoping that they're healthy. And he was just saying that, you know, this is Camden. Uh, I hope I'm saying this right. Uh, Shite. Um, he's a senior. He was saying to me, Mike, I was like, what does this senior year mean to you? What do you want? And most kids will tell you, I want to win a sectional championship. I want to go to state, you know, even if their team isn't poised to do so. They'll, they'll give you all these outlandish things. And he's like, you know what, man? I just want a chance to play in a playoff game with all of my teammates, all the kids I grew up with, and for us to have the chance to kind of, you know, basically 
control our own destiny um, together. He was just saying you don't want to get that phone call, you know, right before you're supposed to play in a sectional championship game or even or any, any sectional game. And, you know, you find out, oh, you can't play or, you know, you can play, but two of your teammates are out because of contact tracing. He was just saying if everyone get there healthy, I'll be happy, which I thought was a very mature answer. Honestly, I don't know if I would have said the same thing if I was his age, but, um, you know, I'm hoping the best for all of our region teams and, and every team around the state just because now we're entering that point, like you already said, where we're it, it, there is no more stoppage, at least for the girls. I mean, the girls' tournament starts next week, so any tournament, any team that I hear about from here on out, um, as far as girls go, and, and soon enough with the boys, the question is going to be not when you're rescheduling games, it's going to be are you going to be dropping out of the postseason? Yeah, for sure. Um, and uh, that's that's the reality we live in. Uh, I'll just say that that's kind of the disclaimer that we give every week. Um, you know, that's that that is where we're at. Um, and just uh, another kind of a COVID update: um, South Suburban College men's basketball. Uh, the last time we, we checked in with them, uh, they uh, had kind of a bittersweet ending to last season. They qualified for nationals, but nationals were canceled. They actually postponed first and then canceled. Uh, but Courtney Carter, uh, one of their players, was named the National Junior College Athletic Association Division II Player of the Year. So that was a great uh, individual finish for them. Um, they have had some interesting times. Uh, Juco uh, basketball uh, was postponed until January. They were able to get contact days in. Uh, last fall, and they actually played some scrimmage games, um, not counting games, but scrimmage games uh, before Thanksgiving, before they uh, went uh, into a dead period, not because of COVID, but that was just the way the schedule was set up. And then when they were ready to come back, they had one positive COVID test, which shut down the entire program. Um, so they're trying to get back at it. They're currently ranked number one in the country um, in uh, JUCO Division Two. Uh, there's three divisions in junior college, uh, kind of like the NCAA, um, and the it, it's structured similar to the NCAA. There are no in Division Three JUCO, just like Division Three NCAA. There are no official athletic scholarships. You know, you get need-based aid, um, academic aid, whatever. Juke, uh, Division Two has a certain level of scholarships, and then Division One is the top one in terms of number of scholarships. But um, again, South Suburban and Division two, ranked number one in the country. Uh, a lot of uh, stuff that they're going through, much like all the high schools are going through. They're supposed to start their season this weekend as we are recording this, and uh, hopefully they can get through that. Um, and that is kind of wrapping up where we are at right now. Um, again, uh, numbers are improving on both sides of the state line. Um, they're really good in Illinois, getting better in Indiana. But, folks, um, let's keep it heading in the right direction as the vaccines come out. Please mask up. Please social distance. Um, please uh, continue to do your due diligence with the precautions so that we can get through this winter and through this spring. And, uh, you know, I saw that. Uh, I guess the latest thing is that they're hoping that uh, most folks can be vaccinated by the end of the summer, which would you know, mean by the time we come back to football in Indiana and the 
next football season in Illinois. Uh, hopefully we are back to having uh, normal sports, you know. Oh, Mike, folks, don't, folks, don't even folks. worry. I have already looked because Illinois opened up the 65 and older um, group for vaccinations. So um, I was talking to my grandma earlier. Um, I was checking out, uh, I believe, the Walgreens website to see okay. <laughs> um, when I could get her signed up. She's, uh, she, she, and she's a person who, you know, was skeptical at first and, 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 and just being from her era, she really didn't take, you know, too many shots and stuff growing up. But um, she's going to take it and, and um, she's excited about it. And uh, even though she, uh, you know, had me order her some NF uh, or N95 masks. Um, she's what she'll still wear. She's excited to go get the vaccine. So, um, you know, the, the times are, you know, changing gradually and, and we are moving into, I believe, just a, a better um, environment as far as health. But like you said, just got to stay vigilant about it. But best believe Grandma Boyd is um, she's going to be going to get that that vaccine uh, very soon. And I told her. I was joking with the mic. I was like, man, like, you know, if, if, you know, if you have any trouble, um, with the ride or, or trying to get there or whatever, I told her, call me. I have, you know, vacation days and I will gladly burn one so she can go, you know, do what she has to do. Um, but yeah, all jokes aside, I mean, this is, uh, I feel really good about it. I'm just hoping that, like you said, we can stay vigilant. I know people kind of think, oh, things are trending up. Like, no, wear your mask still. And, um, you know, hopefully, the, just like you said, we can put this in our rear view and talk about it in the past tense instead of the present. Well, and I know that, uh, you know, a big part of your life and uh, of your routine is uh, – Hanging out with your grandma on Sundays uh, after church and at church, I guess, too. So um, hopefully, you know, we're all looking forward to the day when you can give your grandma a great big hug uh, without a mask on. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, yeah, I'd sit out in the backyard. And, uh, you know, I mean, obviously we have to get to spring and summer, you know, uh, weather-wise, too. But, you know, I, I feel uh, I would say more optimistic than i have for a while i mean and it's you know the metaphor is there and you know it's kind of obvious so i won't beat it into the ground but it has been a dark winter um it's been a dark year for a lot of folks um you know in terms of uh covid um, job losses uh you know civil unrest we talked about all of these things you know in in the past few weeks and months on the podcast and uh you know, um, I have hope that uh, we are kind of emerging from these tough times. And, uh, you know, and again, you know, ending up here, uh, you know, wrapping up our podcast for the week, our double edition, double <laughs> special edition or whatever it is. Um, you know, uh, we've talked about this, you know, you've written about it, I've written about it. And uh, I hope that folks understand, you know, that we are trying to, uh, you know, give you our takes on the world as it is and, you know, sports place in the world as it is. And, uh, you know, these are things that 
we can't really avoid, you know, especially this year right now. So, um, and one other thing that is really exciting, and it's a little bit uh, tangential to what we usually talk about, but Candace Parker, it looks like, is coming back to Chicago. Um, yeah. You know, argu- arguably, you know, the greatest female athlete ever to come out of Chicago. Um, well, there's there were some Olympians, you know, back in the day, but I mean, certainly, you know, in the recent, you know, two or three decades, um, the sky is looking pretty good. Um, <laughs> you know, to to throw that, that 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 metaphor out there, but I mean, you know, very exciting times for uh, for women's sports in Chicago in particular. If Candace Parker does come back, indeed, um, you know, that's a huge move for the sky and. Uh, you know, I know a lot of basketball fans are looking forward to that, too. And that is uh, my last thing to add for this week. So, All right. Make sure you all tune in next week. We will have a podcast. I'm speaking into existence. Um, got a little caught <laughs> up. But, again, um, I, I feel very good that we were able to update you all on a lot of things going on in the region and also across state lines. Um, so just stay safe, and we'll check in with you all soon.